Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Well, if you're on the East Coast, it's now 12 noon. Cassandra Von Worsley here. So it is our reflection, kind of retrospective sprint call. I'm going to try to do this with every sprint that we do, just for those who might be joining late. When we work on our sprints, and there will be sprints every two weeks, so you have the opportunity to participate in a sprint every two weeks, we like to begin with a kickoff call, and then we like to end with a retrospective call where we just say, okay, how did the last two weeks go? What would I do differently? Um, what would I change? What am I going to do differently on the next two-week sprint? And then at least we walk away kind of having reflected and evaluate what went well and what didn't go so well. So um, I want to see who's on the call so we know how much reflection time we're doing. Who do I have on the call today? Amelia's here. Hey, Amelia. How, how's it going? Okay. <laughs> Good. Is there anybody else on the call today? Uh, Renee Baca. I'm on the call today. Hey, Renee. How's your day going so far? So far, so good. Getting back in the swing of things after the holidays, before the next holiday. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So um, (laughs) that is how it it rolls at this time of year. Anybody else on the call? Hello, this is Scott. I'm on the call. Scott. Okay, so amazing. Scott, how are you in, where are you in Missouri, Scott? Are you in St. Louis? I'm in St. Louis, yeah. Okay, what's the weather like there today? Uh, It's in the single digits right now. Um, I'm not sure what the high is supposed to be. Probably will top out around 15. Oh, wow. Okay, so here in Pinedale, Wyoming, the high is supposed to be 30, so I can't believe Wyoming will actually be warmer than Missouri. Interesting. So cool. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, The retrospective is really just the opportunity to look back and say what worked, what didn't work. I'll go ahead and start so you kind of see the formatting. For me, what worked in this two-week sprint was having an accountability partner. Scott's been my accountability partner. That helped a ton, just having that extra phone call and figuring out what needed to happen when and knowing that I had to send a message to Scott saying, whether I got it done or not, made a huge difference. And as mentors, we all know that that makes a huge difference, but you never realize that you never stop needing that accountability ever. So that made a huge difference. I focused on one goal this sprint rather than three, which is what I did the last sprint. And so that one goal got done when it needed to get done. I think next sprint, I'm probably going to focus on two goals. And so I'm going to see how to work a two-week sprint with two goals in mind and two different things that have to be done. So that was my reflection. I think the only other thing was I blocked out time specifically to work on, um, on the goal that I had this time. And, I, and while I'm a morning person, afternoon time seemed to work out way better. There were fires in the morning that by the afternoon were handled. So I'm starting to see that maybe setting up my sprint time 
in terms of working on things from about 3 p.m. Mountain to 6 or 7 p.m. is probably my best opportunity to not be interrupted and to get stuff done. So those were kind of my lessons. And the other thing I think was just um, really staying focused on that goal and what it required and breaking it down to micro goals so I could understand each step of the way what needed to happen when. So for me, looking back, I think it was definitely the one goal. We'll see how it goes in two weeks with two goals. And our next sprint will not start next week. It will start January the 8th. So uh, I'll, we should use next week to kind of figure out what the goals are beginning January the 8th. So that's my reflection. Who wants to go next? This is Amelia. Hey, Amelia. Um, for me, I think my biggest thing was really blocking out the time to get it done. And my um, headset's acting a little funny. Um, trying to block out that time, I think that was the biggest thing. When I start um, the next sprint, I just want to make sure that I block out the time and really focus on that. I was trying to get kind of like the sprint done in between everything else that I have on a weekly basis. Um, and then when I really honed down and set out just a particular time just to do it, I got a lot of it done. So it's completely ready to go. Um, and the next sprint, I really want to, like, spend some time writing kind of like all the steps that I'm foreseeing that I need to do so that then as I'm setting out those particular uh, sprint moments that I'm going to be doing is kind of tackling each one of those steps individually as I go through to make it quicker. I think right now it's kind of doing the bigger picture versus breaking it down into the tiny chunks. Um, so that's really my learning uh, kind of experience from this of really breaking it down uh, into small little tiny um, chunks, because I think I was trying to overall do the big picture versus, like how you told me, just go ahead and see what you need for each particular uh, course that you're trying to uh, build the information for. Uh, and that was very helpful um, in really getting me to that finish line. So thank you, Cassandra. Absolutely. You're welcome. That micro focus is everything. Sometimes when I get overwhelmed and stuck and I feel like there's just so much to do and so little time to do it in, I literally stop and say, okay, what are the next three simple, like simple, simple steps that I have to take. I write them down on a three-by-five note card, and I focus completely on doing those three steps. And usually the momentum of doing that breaks me out of the feeling that there's not enough time and how am I going to get – it breaks all of that thinking because I'm actually doing the next three steps. So that is the chunking and the breaking it down is, is powerful, very powerful. Good job, Amelia. Thank you. That's so true. <laughs> This is Renee. Um, I'll, go ahead, Renee. Yeah, I was just going to say um, um, all of your all's feedback has, has really helped or what you've been finding because since I kind of started, I didn't get to come to the startup meeting. I kind of started in the middle and didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I had my two sprint goals, but I agree that I needed to – kind of be a little more prepared and set up my times for when I was going to work on my sprints sort of ahead of time or already have some time blocked out like for this next sprint coming up that start January 8th I'll go ahead and look at my calendar and every week maybe or during those two weeks already have some time set up to block out for sprints because like Amelia was saying I'm been trying to do it in between everything else and with the holidays and then being off on certain days and only certain days, you know, um, with 
blocks not as normal in my schedule. So I'll make sure to have things already kind of blocked out ahead of time. Um, I think what you mentioned about breaking it down into steps, I do have steps for what I need to do and I what I think I can get done in certain blocks of time that I have or will be setting on my calendar. And um, just the importance of even my accountability apartment was my uh, partner was my program manager because she's wanting to know more about the sprint process as well. And even her just emailing me and saying, you know, did you get such and such done? Um, shows me the importance of even with my students. You know, we have our weekly calls, but making sure if there is something significant that they were going to get done, send that little email reminder about, you know, uh, let me know where you're at on this or uh, what I can do to help you to meet your goal um, because that really drew my attention back to it when I was doing other things and trying to fit it in between. And I thought, you know what, I really need to set a time uh, tomorrow for a chunk to get this done so I can report off to her, yes, I did get this piece done or this is how it's going. So just that accountability partner and then not even talking personally, just even if they email me and say, tell me what's going on or what have you done? Did you get that done like you were planning to? Um, or here's another suggestion that I found that might help you to get it done. Would be very helpful, is very helpful. So, Absolutely. That, that accountability, Renee, it's something. When you know you have to report to somebody and say, hey, I did this or hey, I didn't, it makes a huge difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Scott. All right. Um, well, this was a this was a good session. I got kind of a, I got my date screwed up, so I kind of got started late on it, but I ended up getting everything done that I wanted to, which is great. Um, in terms of things that that worked, um, having Cassandra as my, my accountability partner was great. Um, not only did we have individual a call or two there, but we were using Teams for sort of daily stand-up. You know, what, I'm, what am I focusing on today? The time frame I think I'm going to be working on it. What's my kind of daily deliverable? Um, I think that worked good for both of us. Um, in terms of things that I've kind of discovered about myself and how this could work going into the future, um, I did block the time, which I had not done in the first sprint. Um, I blocked it early in the day, um, sort of a first thing in the morning. Um, generally either a half an hour of sort of admin email catch up. Um, but some days I actually did it before email um, just so I, you know, whatever that's you know, super productive work I wanted to do was, I got it done before I got mentally, cognitively distracted. Um, uh, I found that daily was helpful. In other words, rather than building, I have some chunks of time later in the week um, but what I'm finding is I'm also kind of worn down by that point in the week, uh, in the first in the first um, sprint. Um, I had big chunks, but it's it's kind of jammed in between one-on-ones, and there were times when I was kind of following up on issues, and uh, it was not protected time, and it was also not peak energy time. So um, going forward, I think as a daily practice, even if it's 20 minutes, but you know probably closer to half an hour, an hour range. I'd like to do a little bit of work every day so I don't lose momentum. Um, probably going to add some sort of whiteboard that I don't have right now. I did, um, I did start a log notebook. Um, so I'm having everything related to my agile activities in one place. Um, so I think that's going to be good. Um, so I'm actually 
kind of logging our our sprint one, two, and going uh, planning my three all in the same place, and I can kind of track progress and lessons learned. Um, see, I guess one thing that was helpful is I've been doing some additional sort of work on the outside just around sprint methodologies, so I've been becoming more comfortable with terminology, um, sort of the rituals of, of, of Agile, et cetera, um, and what I discovered in that process, which uh, may not be helpful in the next sprint is <laughs> I need a larger sense of quote unquote the product division and the current product backlog uh, to know where whatever I do fits into that. So I I've kind of discovered that I need to know where I where I fit into everything. And considering this is most of the things I'll be focusing on are actually not day to day operational things with my team. Um, there'll be bigger picture larger impact system oriented type of things. Um, I, I think I ha I've learned that I have to figure out how things work here a little bit better. I, I've only been here for four months, so uh, so I need to kind of know who the players are, what the decision-making structure is, the current technology roadmap, um, current product vision for a college, et cetera. So I've learned I have much more to learn. And that will probably be the focus of my next sprint. But I, what, I, what I learned, I guess, is that if I focus on, on things that are very controllable, um, I can definitely make the sprint work now. Um, so maybe I just need to focus on keeping in that rhythm and building that comfort to a next level as I kind of learned where this could live outside of my area of direct responsibility. That's what was holding me back in the in the first sprint was not kind of knowing where it might fit into the larger picture. Definitely, and and I think Scott, you point to something. Um, you know, there's this book that I that I do a lot of um, focus teaching out of, and it's called Manage Your Day to Day, Build Your Routine, Find Your Focus, and Sharpen Your Creative Mind. And I'll post a link to it in the in the Microsoft Teams. It's by Jocelyn Glay and Scott Belsky, and basically. They have a chapter written by Gretchen Rubin, and she's the person who wrote The Happiness Project or all of those happiness books. And she talks about harnessing the power of frequency. And so she quotes a poet who said, a small daily task, if it be really daily, will beat the labors of a sp spasmodic Hercules. And so I think so often we, we don't give enough credit to the power of frequency, like just taking that 30 minutes a day, every single day, to work on something it, it compounds over time. And so it allows for much more productivity and creativity at the end of the day because of the frequency, because you don't have to kind of, you know, when you work on a project on a Monday and you, then you don't come back to it till Friday, you sort of lose time just getting reaccustomed to, okay, where was I at? What was I doing? What was it? You sort of have to reaccustom yourself to it. Whereas if you do a little bit every single day, you stay in the flow of that. And so you're not having to do that adjust, adjustment thing in the beginning to get reacclimated to it. So there's a lot of power in, in frequency. The problem, of course, is, you know, how do I get frequency when I have stuff that has fires that have to be put out and things that come in my inbox and things that happen at the last minute? And it really is finding the time of the day where you're least likely to get that kind of thing happening. For some people, it's late at night. For some people, it's early in the morning, probably before email. I usually don't check my email for the first couple of hours that I start my day just because in my inbox will be things that I'll get distracted by and need to handle or deal with. So looking for those strategies and finding ways to make them work 
becomes the key thing, but really it is about that. What are my daily rituals? What are my daily habits? Um, how do I take the sprint methodology? I mean, I love digital calendars, but Scott, just like you, I keep poster boards up. I keep post-it notes up. I like to see things right in front of me to remind me of what my priorities are and what I need to focus on. So those are some of the lessons of the sprints. What's going to happen next is we will begin our next sprint on Monday, January the 8th, and it will end Sunday, January the 21st. So what I'm going to do between today and next week is look for times that will hopefully match most of our calendars for a kickoff call, for a reflection call, and then two stand-up meetings. So I'm going to look for times. If you can attend them, great. If not, the recording will, will be posted in Teams. And in the meantime, I would say just <clears throat> really think about, and Scott, you pointed to this, which is so important, priority management versus time management. Like what are my biggest priorities for 2018? Professionally, what are my biggest priorities? Where do I need the most focus? What really requires my energy? What goals are going to move me forward? in a way that's monumentally bigger than other things that I could be working on in a sprint and be sure that your sprint goals reflect your biggest priorities and not things that need to get done, have to get done, but really won't make a major impact at the end of the year. So really think about that as you, as you focus on and decide what your sprint goals will be for 2018. And then, you know, accountability helps. Even if it's just accountability, I post in our mentoring team's sprint thing, you know, every single day I'll post to everybody what I'm doing. That helps as well. So before we get ready to end the reflection call, any final ideas, thoughts, feedbacks, maybe something different you'd like to see in the next sprint? I think it's been really working the way we've been doing it. Um, I wouldn't say any changes. Um, are needed. I think the the stand up um, really help with accountability, at least for for my end. Absolutely. I lo I mean I think live calls are are super helpful. I mean they're hard when everybody has a very different schedule, but if you can make a stand up call, by all means, it just helps to know that we're all going to come to the table and talk about what's working, what's not working, and that accountability goes a long way. This would be more of a question, Cassandra. I mean, I, I I love what you said about, you know, looking at those things that could be a step change improvement, you know, a force multiplier, if you will, uh, for our careers and what we want to get out of this. Um, however, as we go deeper into the year, let's fast forward a few months, maybe we're really comfortable with this. Is there is there a deliverable for you for facilitating this that we could help you with and potentially actually be a virtual project team towards a specific, let's say, one or two sprints worth of activity for a final result that would benefit you as the leader and facilitator of this um, for, for Ben or for Scott or for whomever, you know, needs to see that this has been a good use of your time or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think overall, um, no matter what team we're on, our goals are, are, are the same. We have those annual fiscal year goals. And I think if everybody could just keep track of where their, their data goes from before the sprint to let's say three to six months into the sprint. And if that's something that you can start to bring to your teams 
and get your teams to work on and get other people in, in mentoring to work on. I think the power of that in terms of proving, number one, proof of concept that sprinting works. Two, proof that it changes the numbers and the data so that we are reaching those fiscal year goals that we set. Those two things combined, if you've got the data to just show whether it's for your team who's doing sprints, for you if you're doing a sprint, that before your sprint, here's what your outcomes look like after your sprint six months in. And I would say really no less than three months of data worth of sprinting and, and probably six to really say that there's a correlation between the, the sprinting and the, the outcomes. That to me it would be the biggest game changer in terms of being able to say to, to Ben Mayfield, who's the senior manager of training, and Scott Robley, who's the head of faculty op operations, you know, um, this works. And this is something that on a broader scale we need to help mentors put into practice because it not only makes them more productive, it also makes them more creative. It helps them with the WG leadership principles of courage and inspire and develop and student obsession and all of our principles. That would be amazingly helpful to me. Well, then we'll make Sounds sure to we'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, tra track the numbers and, and just assess what's working and not and get your teams to start doing it. I think that's where the movement begins. I mean, we want our students to succeed, but something like sprinting, I think it's very hard <clears throat> to teach to students if you don't do it. If you don't do it, it's hard to tell them, well, yeah, let's do an academic sprint. Once you've done it for a few months, you can already prepare them for, okay, here are the curveballs. Here's you know, here's what you look at, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. But if you're not doing them, it's hard to really teach that. And uh, Cassandra, I know too, my program manager, Kristen Wessel, was one that reached out to you to find out more about the Sprint because we do have several um, team members that are interested in it. And um, so once we do get something more deliverable to go out to people and I'll be working with my team as well and, and trying to get with my program manager regarding maybe some data as well. Um, then I know that she's interested and I believe some other program managers are interested at least in nursing mentoring I know regarding the sprints and how we can present some of that for other mentors to use or get them in some of these sprint type groups to understand what it's about and how to use it with students as well. So when we do get something that's a little more deliverable as well, I know my program manager is interested in hearing some more of all the different results from different people too and how it's being used with students. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the other thing to really think about is when we when we do academic sprinting with students, it's it's way more structured because we know all of the courses of study. We know their standard path. We know what they have to do. So when we do academic sprinting with students, it, there is, there's much more structure to it in the sense of their goals are, are, like with each of us, our goals are very, very different per sprint. But with a student who's in, let's say, um, you know, health informatics or uh, a BS in management, their standard path is very clear. Their degree plan is very clear. So you can actually structure their academic sprinting in a very clear way. I mean, you can create a guidebook for them. You can set up the stand-up calls. I mean, there's a lot more structure to it because the goals are going to be very clear from day one. 
um, in right. terms of the sprinting path. So I think, Renee, we absolutely can get to a place where after we've done sprinting for, I'd say, two or three months, we can start to also insert how do we create the structure to do academic sprinting with students and what would that structure entail. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. I think we can get there. Awesome. Anything else? Well, amazing. So um, you get uh, now 33 minutes back of your hour. So hopefully you can use that for something effective and wonderful. Um, thank you guys so much for participating. I will post uh, the new meetings. I'll send them through Outlook. So we're all on board for the next Sprint Research January the 8th. Have a wonderful, I won't talk it to everybody until it's 2018, so have a happy new year. Happy you new too. Year. Thank you so happy much for year, making everybody. this happen. You're welcome. Yes. Bye, everybody. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.